one. Hello! Hey, bitches! And welcome to the Cinephile New Wave. I am Duran. I am Nick. Uh, today we're we're just gonna riff because we um we had we watched two terrible movies. Uh, I wouldn't call them completely <laughs> terrible, but I I have little to say about them, and so here we are. <laughs> Rasan, you disappointed me with Mouchette. I Fucking want more for your next film, Handman. When is dude? This man was supposed to. Wait, make... is he still alive? No. Oh. <laughs> I wish. Okay. I mean, to be fair, he died at like 10,000. This is so. true. No, he was 98. He, he um, continued making films pretty late, right? He made films until 83, and hmm. he was 82, I think, when he made it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we watched uh, Mouchette and uh, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance, so the first one. Um, what do you? Which one do you want to talk about first? Because... Let's do Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. Um, I liked Lone Wolf and Cub for the most part. Uh, I felt like the thing I texted you was immediately just, this is cheesy in all the right ways, which I, I still agree with. You know, you can see the, like, fucking wigs on people, and it's, like, it's janky as hell. I didn't notice hell. that. Yeah, no, you can, <laughs> you can, like, tell that they're wearing wigs, and I thought it was, it was just kind of cute to me, the fact that... <laughs> It, it kind of looked that bad in some places. I feel like the jank, not not to like discredit it, because I mean jank is jank and jank can be good, but a lot of it might be like because of the budget too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean they have to make what like six movies, so they probably didn't have a lot of money for each individual one. Yeah. I heard the so I think uh, Joe and Tony both said the the first three are good, the. The fourth one is, like, okay, and then the last two are just kind of garbage. I didn't know they finished them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they finished them recently. But, um, mm -hmm. I I did like it. I liked the, the kind of aspect that, or the the kind of gimmick that it had, which is, you know, I'm a, I'm a lone samurai with a baby, and I gotta take care of this baby. Dude, he's literally the worst father to ever live. What do you mean? He's like, hey, I mean, hello, one-year-old child. Do you want me to fucking murder you I or know. not? You make the decision. He's just like, he he, he did it. He, he really just went out there and was like, you know, you're a child who literally doesn't understand me, but if you choose the ball, I'll kill you. Yeah, also, that, that one scene when he's in the room with all, like, the captured people and, like, the village and the uh, hot springs. And he just... And... When, um, when he fucks... Well, just before that, so they're the the bad guys are like threatening like his baby, and he like, doesn't budge at all. Yeah. And they threaten the hot girl, and he's like, "All right, I will have sex with her." Well, they weren't <laughs> they weren't about to do something to the baby yet, so. No, they were. They were. Um, I remember like, the bad guy like looked at the baby and said like, "I don't know." It was, well, it was heavily implied by the uh, by the editing. Yeah, I don't know. They um, they weren't approaching the baby. I guess is my point. Mm. yeah so like the thing the main problem i had with this is that i mean this is a problem like i personally have i don't think that's necessarily relevant to anyone who watches this but like it just felt extremely generic to the point that i just didn't care about anything the entire plot is just it's so basic 
man's I, man's I like, man's man's wife gets stabbed by I, a bunch of ninjas. I, I like that. And he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go on a vengeance spree, boys." This is the only like, movie that I've ever actually seen that just like straight up was like, "My wife was killed by ninjas." So, <laughs> all right, fair enough. But honestly, I feel like the the film would be like almost better if we didn't know any of his backstory. Yeah, maybe. If he would just like, because also I feel like. He acts very differently in the flashbacks than he does uh, in the present times, which I mean makes sense. Yeah. I guess two years does change a person a little bit. But the fact that a lot of the film, like easily like half, maybe even over half the film is a flashback. You really get like a false sense of the character that you're going to be seeing for the rest of these movies. Yeah. Um, I was I was confused by the beginning because I was like, wait, is that his baby? <laughs> Is he yeah. Even... Oh, um, I, I did like how they did the flashbacks though. Like the transitions were interesting. Yeah. Um, the first flashback definitely like caught me off guard. I had like no idea what was going on. I thought it was the present times. Yeah. I thought he like went home to like his. I thought I thought he was like in the streets, um, being a Ronin, and then he went to his uh to his like uh to his home where his wife was. Yeah. And, it was, always, and he was also the executioner. It's always good when when they are when they decide to like not just be like, hey, this is a flashback. Do you understand? Yeah, I like the one um, with the ball, like the the two girls that are bouncing the ball and like the sun. Yeah, yeah. How we, that, that how was pretty like, cool. This is how I will defeat the men. Yeah, I like that. Um, but I thought in general, personally, I wasn't a big fan of the action because I didn't think that a lot of it was shot very well. Um, there's there's a few instances where like I think the framing is pretty bad and doesn't really show you what's going on which again could be like a budgetary thing yeah but i did like um the gore i like gore i think gore is fun <laughs> um and i like blood spurting everywhere so i i did enjoy that although i don't know i feel like the rest of the film while it was definitely like competent i just felt pretty mediocre to me yeah i get that um i I I was a little bit bored at some times. Uh, I think part of that was just kind of me stressing out about something that I had to do. I don't think I would blame the film for that. So <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. Um, but I overall I I had a good time, and um, you know, at the end of the I day, mean, it's certainly not certainly not a bad. Time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Lone Wolf and Cub, am I right, fellas? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a movie that was filmed. Yeah. There's actors in it. Yeah. I'd be willing to watch the second one. I know you <laughs> just said you wouldn't really consider uh, I don't know. I mean, if the second one is an improvement, like what I've heard people say, yeah. I mean, it might be worth a watch because, I mean... All things can like everything that I've said before as a negative for this film. I don't think it was like bad. I just thought it was like a decent action film that could have been better. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe the second one kind of like remedied some of the issues I had with the first one. I, I don't know. So I gotta ask. Uh, do you prefer this or the few episodes of The Mandalorian that you saw? Can I say I don't like either of them? Damn, B. 
Uh, this, definitely this. I mean, I don't really see the Mandalorian connections at all, but... I, I mean, they just I stole the, I don't, the I don't general like premise the of the baby. Oh, okay. Anyway. Lone Wolf and Cub invented babies, boys! They did. You heard it here. I'm kidding. Babies were invented in the 70s just for this movie. Oh, good. It's wonderful. I don't know. I, I'm not... As, as you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Well, that's the reason why I wanted to watch this movie at all was because, you know... John Favreau was like, I like samurai movies too. <laughs> Bro. Good for him. You gotta watch. Do you think John Favreau is a big fan of uh, Kobayashi? Do you think he's watched Harakiri? I think he's going to direct Akira. That's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows where the fuck that guy's gonna go next. Alright, do you think that John Favreau will direct the second remake of Harakiri? You know what? If he wants to, let him. Like, sick, dude. We should do, like, an American remake of Harakiri for all the samurai played by white people. <laughs> yes. They didn't, the last, they didn't, like, the last samurai Tom starring Cruise Tom Cruise, yeah. yeah. What, have you seen that? Like, what's the whole deal behind that He's movie? a He's a captured American soldier who becomes a samurai. <laughs> it's, it's the <laughs> dumbest fucking story in the world, but, like, whatever. It's like how Matt Damon was in that... Uh, chinese film the great wall yeah i saw that shit i'm sorry i the, <laughs> the only reason that i saw it was because i went to the movies with a friend and we didn't pre-purchase tickets to whatever the thing we wanted to see was so uh, we were like all right i guess we'll go to this the fucking great wall willem <laughs> defoe is in that movie bro dude they gotta get that chinese cash though dude china loves willem defoe he's in aquaman he must be, there must be some fucking secret to making money with Willem Dafoe. Well, I know for a fact they love, they love Matt Damon because, I mean, they got him as the lead for this. Yeah, right? which is strange. I didn't know that the Chinese loved Matt Damon so much. Yeah, I didn't know that anyone liked Matt Damon that much. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we've clearly moved on from Lone Wolf and Cub, so let's <laughs> riff a little bit about Mouchette. Okay. I'll let you start, because this was your pick. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of the lesser Brissons I've seen. And based on the production, it kind of makes sense. Since um, after we finished Balthazar, Alhazard Balthazar, which in my opinion is his best, better pickpocket. Um, I read a bunch of the interviews, and um, it's very unusual for Brisson to release a film so uh, quickly after making another one. If you look at his career, there's like generally like five or even ten year gaps between a lot of his films. Ah, so he's Guillermo del Toro. He is the talented Guillermo del Toro, yes. Oh, um, <laughs> Kidding. Um, but for some reason, I was reading some of the interviews, um, and when asked like why make this film so quickly after his last... He, he kept saying that he was desperate to make a film, but he didn't have, like, enough time to write his own script, which kind of tells me this might have been, like, a contractual thing. Hmm. I don't know. Um, but also he mentioned that um, one of the reasons why I was able to make this film so quickly was because of uh, him getting in touch with, like, some good producers. Because, like, even though this man is regarded as, like, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, 
and even like during his like time people appreciated him like godard was a big fan of balthazar he actually edited the uh trailer oh. for mouchette oh um yeah no no like for the longest time he denied it but for some reason i don't know why <laughs> recently he <laughs> why the fuck would you deny it. that <laughs> godard is the strangest man to live I don't know, man. Um, is he is he the one that's like still alive? Who's like making films, even though he's like a hundred and twelve? Oh yeah, did he? He's I think he's like shooting his, or he was shooting like his next film recently. Incredible. Um, anyway, what was I saying? So the whole the whole production behind Mushet was very strange. Um, also, it's the second adaptation that he's done from this one author. I don't remember his name. Look it up. I didn't know it was a uh, adaptation of anything. Yeah, uh, since he didn't have um, enough time to write his own uh, material, generally he likes doing that. He generally doesn't like adaptations. Yeah, He's, I think he said that in an interview. Um, yeah, so there's um, a novel by uh, George Bernados, also called Mouchette, I believe. Um, yeah. Um, and also, he's the same guy who wrote Diary of a Country Priest, which is another film that Brisson did, another adaptation. Almost as good as Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Almost. Um, it's a close second, but Roderick Rolls is definitely the best out of the series. Um, Hashtag not my Roderick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this was definitely an unusual thing for Brisson. If you have like this very short production, the fact that it's an adaptation... Um, it, it just it's it, it just strange for him so i guess it's not super surprising to me that i didn't find it as interesting as his other films um definitely but i did like a few things that i'll touch upon so i thought that the depiction of faith was really interesting because um it's definitely not forefront um and basically all of his other films i can think about besides maybe a man escaped Faith is very, a very, very obvious uh, thing that's in the forefront. Yeah. Uh, but but here it's a lot more subtle, uh, which I appreciated. Um, and this film kind of seems to be more of a uh, like a social commentary than anything else, because a lot of it is about how Mouchette is kind of like ostracized from her society, uh, from, from, her, from her community, I mean. It's what you and... get for being a tomboy yeah um and basically like everything she does is seen as bad and so she really doesn't have any choice but to kill herself since she can't really do anything else because everyone so does hates her and doesn't has, understand her did they say if that was intentional what because i was confused whether her killing herself was intentional or not whether no, it was intentional okay or because well, i was like i didn't know if, kinda, the, if I think, the branches so, just broke and she was like oh shit i'm dead now or so so there is there is like some room for ambiguity there um i believe that Brisson said in, in one of the interviews that um she no longer cares whether she leaves whether she lives or dies but but she leaves it up to fate whether yeah. she does yeah, so that's why like tempting keeps... fate with the yeah uh, yeah. yeah it, I exactly, yeah. But but then um she accepts like her death because uh once she splashes into the water she doesn't like attempt to get out or anything like that. Yeah. Um but well, something I found interesting is that um Brisson doesn't view 
the ending as like sad or depressing, which is hilarious. Um, that's, but that's he such says, a that's such a fucking like French auteur <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> in this in this film where uh, a fourteen year old girl gets raped and kills herself, the ending isn't sad. <laughs> <laughs> um no but but the reason for it which is this is the most interesting thing i found out the movie is that he says that it's a um it's a new beginning for her so she's reborn in heaven and okay. that's kind of where like the weird like brissonian like catholicism stuff just like emanates throughout the film it kind yeah. of like helps me like recontextualize anything everything but i think the problem there is that if I didn't know anything about Brisson and I didn't read any of the interviews, would I really know like what the film was really about <laughs> just based off of watching the film itself? Because I didn't get any of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if this was my first Brisson, I wouldn't have gotten like shit. But the fact that I've seen eight of his other movies um, helps me to, like I think, kind of see some of the, the themes of... Um, uh the, the the catholic themes especially like uh yeah. being reborn because this was this was my my second after balthazar and i was just like this Bruh. is just balthazar with a little girl instead of a donkey yeah i mean not but, like, exactly worse. but like you <laughs> and like i don't know yeah. a lot less interesting in my opinion because like the reason i like balthazar is in a lot of ways it's it resists interpretation, like a strict interpretation. Yeah. Because um, a lot of things in that film kind of contradict each other. Um, when you try, like, thinking of a singular interpretation of it. Like, those who think that it's just, like, a complete allegory for Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, that's what do we do with, like, the circus scene, for yeah, example? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. exactly. Which is, well, you know, one of the things that makes it, you know, good, I'd say. I think I think that's what makes it like um, one of the greatest pieces of art that I've ever seen. Um, the fact that like to this day it's impossible to completely understand exactly what he's doing, but at the same time, um, it stands as its own as a work of art. I, I I'm of the belief that not every single aspect of a piece of art needs to be understood like intellectually, you know? Yeah. So like a good image can just be an image that stands out to you on a deeper level than just like a logical a to b explanation definitely um but you know with Mouchette, uh well i did i definitely connected emotionally with balthazar Mouchette, i just i didn't really care i don't know i feel like a lot of the film is built up brisson like tries to make you sympathetic to her but like i just it didn't really work for me i guess yeah, I, I, I kind of felt that too, and I was kind of like, I didn't know if I should say it or not, because I, I, I felt like I should feel for her, but I didn't, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, I, I, just, I know I that that's just care. like the very obvious thing to say, but it's just like, something about it just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I really, I feel like it's like the Rush production, probably it's like a big part of it, but I just feel I like know. she wasn't flushed out enough. Yeah, I did. I did like the the main actress though. I thought she did a decent job. Yeah, but I don't know. It just, I, I it almost feels like it's one of those movies where like 
the entire point is the last two minutes and that but you're still making me watch like the last 78 minutes you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so like i definitely didn't dislike it there's a lot of things i like about it and i think i need to think about it more but the fact that it's among uh one of brisson's more highly regarded kind of confuses me yeah um since it's so it's his last um his last black and white film oh. after that i believe he made four or five color films um in my opinion of those yeah hmm. in my opinion so i've seen three of those yeah he made five color films um of those i've seen five uh, i've seen three which in my opinion are all like way better than this and those three besides maybe Laura Jean are considered kind of like lesser in um the the cinematic critic film canon <laughs> yeah I, but, I don't know like I definitely feel like Lancelot du Lac and um the, the devil probably are much more interesting than Mouchette hmm. uh probably because he had a lot of time to work on those films um yeah I think there's about a three-year gap between those two and I, I don't know just like yeah no I, had, I I get you it's just like for me. there's just not a lot here I feel to yeah yeah I feel like I feel like um too much of it was implied or in the background, which is fine right. for a lot of other Brissons. But I think for this, there was definitely a gap that needed filling cinematically. There were certainly enough hand shots for me, though. I don't, I'll be I don't honest, think I need more hand shots. I'll be honest, there wasn't enough hand shots for me. How fucking dare you? <laughs> Did compared to, like, A Man Escapes, there wasn't shit, oh bro. Oh, my God. Pick, yeah. Isn't pickpocket like all hand shots, dude? It's literally just hand porn. Oh my god, it's so good, man, dude. Ah, pickpocket is so good. I don't know. I think I. I don't know if you would like it. I think. I think. I think you might be mixed on it, but you will. You will like all I, of the. Uh, I all do the have scenes. I do have a man escaped, and I need to watch it. So. Yeah, I've been meaning to rewatch that because that's the first Brisson that I saw, and like, I don't know shit about Brisson when I watched that movie, but I still like kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely need to revisit, revisit that one. And also I need to revisit Diary of Country Priest because I feel like True. that movie completely went over my head. Yeah. Um, do you want to hey. move on or do you want to keep talking about this? Yeah, we can move on. Yeah. Um, like we said, we're just kind of riffing on this one. Um, riffing boys. And I'm sorry if the fucking audio is shitty because I keep adjusting things while we're talking. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah um but hopefully it turns out okay i'm sorry ahead of time if it doesn't um so i should we maybe talk about a brighter summer day since we did watch it sure we can we can touch upon it yeah i don't remember much because it's been like two weeks but yeah um yeah. so overall you can start uh yeah so we watched a brighter summer day initially for um this was going to be an episode on a brighter summer day but uh, Duran got sick, so we we basically had to. I got coronavirus, boys. Anyway, everyone true. that's watching this is infected. <laughs> You're getting infected through the airwaves, um, yeah. but we uh, so we we just kind of had to push it back. And by the time we you know selected a date, we were just kind of you know settled on something else. So uh, mm. this is probably going to be a rather short uh, 
segment, but um, I, what were your thoughts on A Brighter Summer Day? Because I, um, I really enjoyed it. I like the, there was just a lot going on, which I mean, for a four hour movie, you need to have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Tarkovsky. True. Um, True. So remember when I mentioned uh, films that you feel like the last two minutes are the only relevant part of the film? Yeah. So this is one of them. In those. this case. So, okay. Okay. No, it's, it's definitely not one of them, but it's one of those where like, Literally, the first three hours and 30 minutes, I'm watching this, and I'm like, this is nice, but I don't get any of yeah, it. Yeah, you're not really then, sure what's going on, but <laughs> the ending is what really kind of, you know, in your mind, yeah. that'll piece it all together. Cause... And then when the ending happens, um, so the main character shoots the girl, or stabs her, right? Yeah, stabs, um, I think. Then that completely recontextualizes the entire film for me. Yeah. Um, and I could definitely, like, get some... I definitely got some like glimpses of commentary on like the socio political yeah. aspects of um, basically it's like sucks early to Taiwan. Live in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Like, it definitely is a lot of it. A lot of it is definitely like, oh, this sucks, and like, yeah, the poor well, kids. But also, it feels it feels much more like nuanced than that than yeah. just like showing the negatives. Because I mean, a lot of the film is is beautiful. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, sure, like, these kids are involved in gangs at such a young age, which is, like, terrible. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, they're experiencing love. Um, they're experiencing, you know, like, maturing into adulthood. They're and there's, singing there's a lot of, like, beauty and shit. Yeah. But it's also, like, a, like a perverted version of yeah. a coming-of-age story because of the ending of the film. Yeah. Which I think is very, very interesting. We, we um, both kind of reached the same conclusion as to the meaning of the film, that being, you know living in Taiwan at that time was terrible and you can't really just blame it on anyone else, which is uh, what he did with the, the girl. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. anyone's names at this point and I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I don't remember at all. Um, yeah. I mean, again, again, I'm, I'm hesitant yeah, no, to say it's, that it's, the film That's is... a bit simplified, but yeah. Um, I, I do, I did really like, um, the environment that the film created yeah it was um, it was unique i i liked you know kind of... it's definitely like an epic in every sense of the word yeah um the but... the violence was crazy i honestly don't remember the violence can you like name some of the scenes um well like the the one that oh, stands oh, out oh, to me was like oh, the beginning like, like with the... the kid who like yeah oh and also like that the hit scene right yeah and like the middle of the film where like yeah. they kill like 10 people yeah. yeah, that was pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> it just like I totally it, forgot it, about that. Every so often, it just kind of like exploded in violence, and it was crazy. The really interesting thing about that is um, the fact that the violence is so violent isn't because of just the fact that it is you know excessively gory or whatever, yeah. but because it's surrounded by this context of like you know literal middle schoolers or high schoolers. Yeah. So, it, it, and um, the fact that a lot of the film is also very innocent, since, you know, it's um, from the point of view of children, the fact that they're surrounded by this, like, extreme violence, uh, I think, like, really ups the shock value. Yeah. But, um, overall, did you enjoy it, or are you kind of, like... I definitely liked it. Um, the fact that I had no idea what was going on until, like, three hours and 30 minutes yeah. means that... 
I need to rewatch yeah, this one, we, knowing like it's the something context. we need to revisit eventually, and I'm sure we will because Joe is probably pissed right now that we are talking about this movie that he <laughs> wanted to talk about. Yeah, um, but I do want to check out uh, Edward Young's other work. So, yeah. have you seen Ye, or do you just talk about it a lot? I don't think I've ever talked about it. Well, <laughs> I mean, you've mentioned on several occasions that you want to watch it at the very least. Yes, I do want to watch it, and then I want to watch um taipei story as well i think the the martin scorsese foundation did a restoration on that i'd be down yeah um yeah i definitely want to get more into his work because this one it's this film was extremely precise big fucking can of worms to open (laughs) yeah there's like there's so much going on and i mean we haven't even touched on like the cinematography the framing the lighting yeah just like the general look of the film and the mise en scene, I thought well, it's clearly done by like someone who knows what the fuck he's doing. I like. I mean, how... everything feels extremely deliberate. Yeah, there was there were a couple of shots where it looks like, um, particularly on the tennis court, where it looks like they're in cages, and I thought that was a nice hmm. touch. That's cool. Yeah, I don't quite remember that, but um, that's interesting. Um, uh, I the, the I'm gonna compare him to Kubrick. Um, just for the reason that uh, they seem like they both are very meticulous with yeah. every like single shot, every single like slight camera movement. It definitely feels a lot more like um, calculated in the way that like you know Hitchcock would literally like draw out every single one of his shots. And yeah, he says, and, and Hitchcock definitely. would always say that the filming of his movies is the most boring part because <laughs> by the time he's on the storyboards, he basically has already completed the film. Yeah. Um, it definitely feels like much more of Ooh, that shit. style. What's, what was that? Uh, thunder. Oh, nice. It's gonna fucking rain like a motherfucker, <laughs> I guess. Nice, nice. Oh my I'm god. I'm very happy I'm not on Florida. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it definitely felt like that kind of a very intentional, meticulous style versus, like, I don't know, something like a Godard who just kind of yeah. throws a camera around and definitely. edits it later. <laughs> Um, um anything else to add no uh do you want to talk about uh the five bloods um yeah we, we can talk about it for a little bit yeah um we can start if you want. so again uh this is just something that we had to or not had to but we saw in the meantime because it's spike lee and you know we're spike we're lee here for it. spike lee uh i i liked it enough I definitely see the problems that a lot of other people are seeing about the film, how it's like, the music was kind of terrible. Um, it wasn't even that the music was terrible, it's just that it wasn't placed well at all. Yeah. Like, it didn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, and it just kind of seemed repetitive as shit. Um, mm. Which sucks, because, like, the guy who did the music for this also did it for Black Klansman and a few other, I think a few other Spike Lee movies, and I really like the score for Black Klansman. Yeah. Um overall i i think i liked it in the end it was a bit silly and over the top how you know jean renault by the end is just like this man running around wearing a trump hat being a villain <laughs> um and that's, that's pretty funny actually it's, yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of ridiculous and stupid but that's the reason why i liked it hmm. um and i think the emotional core of the you know story about you know the father and son that that kind of came through for me at the end but I mean, I can definitely see how this just does not work for some people. I didn't realize how many Spike Lee movies Terrence Blanchard has uh, has scored. It's like 
a shitload, man. Hmm. Um, but so okay, I did not like this movie. I thought it was pretty fucking bad. I'll be honest. I think it's definitely the worst Spike Lee movie that I've seen. It was, it was a really big disappointment coming off of Black yeah, Clansman, which I thought was definitely. really sick. Um, but I can't even like begin to start with all the issues I had with this. I mean, oh, God. Okay, so. I'm going to I mean, die here. <laughs> um, okay, so the okay one of the one of the main issues I had was the violence. So as I said before, I'm a big fan of violence. I love gore, but it was this, oddly cartoonish. It, yeah, it was extremely cartoonish while trying to be dramatic. Yeah, and at the same time. You have these, like, very, very cartoonish, like, blood and gore segments that are, like, trying to be kind of funny but also dramatic while you show, like, actual people being murdered and, like, dead bodies of children on the yeah, screen. Yeah, Spike Lee from, like, just dead-ass showing us dead Vietnamese babies. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'm like, not really ready for this, but... I mean, like, if the movie was good, you could maybe justify it. And if, like, I could take any of this bullshit seriously maybe you could justify showing like the bodies of actual people yeah but like, like... If, but 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 spike lee ain't no fucking ellen renee this ain't fucking night and fog <laughs> all right <laughs> it's yeah um, the the one that stuck out to me for the violence was um the landmine because it yeah it looked goofy as shit and yet i was like holy shit he's really dead but it didn't convey that well because it was just yeah. like ah i'm dead Right, exactly, yeah. Um, so that was, that was the biggest issue I had with, with the movie. But also, um, I read this interesting article um, by, I forget her name, but um, about the depiction of the, the Vietnamese. Oh, the yeah, how it's just no different than any other Vietnam movie. Yeah, basically. But it's like it's like even like worse sometimes. Yeah, yeah because, it really like, is. It, it is essentially just like colonization, but instead of done with black with white people some with black people now in a lot of ways because like you know they're literally coming to vietnam to get this fucking gold that i mean really isn't theirs yeah i mean like and also just like okay there is like literally one vietnamese like person in the entire movie that's like supposedly like a quote-unquote good guy right yeah it was like their driver yeah remember and then everyone else is just like shooting them, like it's fucking nineteen sixty nine. The fucking war is still on. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was it. Was fuck? I just like, like no, like okay. This, this <laughs> film is like this film is trying to be like a serious drama. It's trying to be a fucking action movie, and it's trying to be like a social commentary all at the same time. And that doesn't fucking gel together. When, and a like, little none, bit of none of these individual elements. Like right, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. None of these elements fucking like work together and then okay don't get me wrong i love um spike lee's humor and his movies and i really like um his social commentary and, and a lot of his films like um yeah i mean do the right uh, thing is like right thing you know uh, i think it's yeah both for both of us it's like one of our favorite movies oh yeah it's definitely like one of the best american movies and i'm like i really like you've been seeing i don't think you've seen crookland but I love, I like, the authenticity. Uh, uh, the only Spike there. Lee movies I've seen are Black Klansmen, Do the Right Thing, and this. So oh, okay. Yeah. I, I really um, do need to see more, but... Uh, and, 
I think I think the, the main problem with this is that um, it was trying to be kind of a an homage to classical Hollywood films in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, I've heard a lot of connections between this and um, the Treasure of the Sierra Madre, hmm. which would make sense because I mean, Spike Lee is a cinephile. I mean, he's like classically trained in. Uh, he went to like film school. He knows all these directors. Yeah. Um, in fact, like when he was making Malcolm X, um, he mentioned how he wanted that film to basically be like a like a David Lean epic, you know. So like he yeah. knows his shit. Yeah. Um, but it just that kind of style doesn't work for a movie like this, which is like trying so hard to be like relevant today with um the whole thing at the end where like um the one guy's shares get donated to like Black Lives Matter, right? Yeah. But Which he said was you the have, first like... scene that he filmed. What the fuck? All right, I know. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it doesn't work with, like, just the movie being fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I don't know. Man. Like I said, I don't think it's, like, complete garbage, but, like, there are some cracks here that you can't really ignore, even if you want to like yes, yeah. And even, like... I haven't even mentioned like all the technical aspects of the film that are like terrible. Like the fucking some of the fucking scripts. The fucking like, audio editing. mixing was so goddamn bad. Yeah, like the script was terrible. Some of the uh well, okay, not all of it, but like a lot of the lines were bad. Some of the editing was cancer. The fucking the cinematography made me want to shoot myself. Like it was so uh like gross digital looking. And like yeah. I, I don't have a problem with digital cinematography, but this looked like a fucking like, like a Netflix TV series, you know, like that Uh-oh. kind of like, shooting. It's a Netflix original <laughs> movie. There you go. And also, I feel like if you wanted to tell this story, you needed to give him like more than like two dollars. Yeah. Also, because like not hire Chadwick Boseman for five seconds of film. I think he ballooned the budget just by doing that. Yeah, probably. Although I I really did like Chadwick Boseman in this film. And um He's good for of, the like yeah. what, 5 minutes that he's in it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know a lot of people didn't like um how uh they didn't do like any de-aging or any like makeup for uh I honestly couldn't tell scenes. because that fucking filter was a bit over the top. Oh. <laughs> um actually I liked I liked the no makeup stuff. I thought that was cool. I thought it was Yeah, no. Much. I thought it was the way yeah. to go after um, the Irishman. Yeah, that was kind of bad. <laughs> uh, I keep coming but... back to that fucking scene of him beating up the, uh, in the Irishman, of him beating up the fucking store owner. Where he... Oh, yeah, the guy in the grocery <laughs> store. That shit fucking, is so fucking he's funny. He's a 70-year-old man trying to act like a 40-year-old, and it just doesn't work yeah. in the slightest. Man, like, the Irishman is, like, legitimately one of my favorite movies of this decade, or I guess last decade. But, like, dude, the fucking de-aging is oh my fucking god. terrible, man. Oh, my god. Um. Anyway, so, overall, I thought this movie was kind of bad. Definitely, like, the worst Spike Lee movie I saw. There's definitely glimpses of genius here and there. Yeah. Um. Because, I mean, it's Spike Lee. But, like... Would you agree that, like, the third act is probably the strongest, or... Dude, I hated the entire movie. The entire <laughs> Sorry. Movie? I thought it was all fucking bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just like, saying, which, like, Which parts among... of the third act... Dude, like, cause, like, I mean, what, what do you mean? Cause, like, the last fucking scene is just like them shooting each other and everyone dies. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't. I don't know. Wh- which, which, which parts did you like specifically in the third act? Um, like I said, the the kind of father and son reconnecting through the letter. <laughs> I thought that was that was like pretty strong emotionally. I was like, 
good for them. <laughs> mm. Um, I like can't remember anything now that I'm fucking bringing up well, that point. Been, but it's, it's been a yeah. while since we've seen it. So, so I don't but know. I don't know. I from what I remember, I think the the third act was you know what kind of. I was like, all right, you're in a bit more of your groove now. Oh, when he's talking to the, like, directly to the camera, I thought that was very, like, you know, do the right thing ask. I definitely like those scenes. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the actor's name? Oh, what's, yeah. Um, his performance is probably the best. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. It is, I don't remember. Fuck. <laughs> I don't even remember his name in the movie. <laughs> but anyway, um. Yeah, his performance was decent. I I I didn't get the whole MAGA cap thing, like in the movie. Like, what the fuck was the deal with that? That um, seems so strange. I think. Uh, I I want to say it was like you know. Hi, I'm relevant. My name is Spike Lee, and I'm relevant, guy. <laughs> I I think it was just something about like. No, I can't figure this out. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I I have no god. Delroy idea. Lindo like, was his name, by the way. Okay, yeah, yeah, he was sick. Um, when he what, was able what the fuck to is, be good. What? It says John Carlo Esposito was in this movie. Who's that? Um, uh, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Huh. Oh, he was also in uh, Do the Right Thing, right? Yeah. He's he's, he's in a few Spike he's, Lee movies. He's uh, bugging out. Yeah, he's in a few. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> um, I, I want to say that I, I thought I had a theory about it when I first watched it, but I can't remember what it is now. Fine. I don't know. I just... Yeah. This one was a definite miss for me. Um, big, big, big disappointment. I was really looking forward to this. Yeah. But oh well. I mean, you know, I guess you can't hit them all at the park, right? Yeah. Um... So, I don't know. Watch it if you want to. I mean, I'd recommend watching it and forming your own opinion. It's on Netflix. I mean, yeah. what else you got to do during quarantine? Um, support our support our man, Spike Lee. Yeah. Because he, uh, he the, deserves uh, The it. ultra chat of cinema. I bumped into him in New York one time, and I feel blessed. <laughs> it's true. That's sick. He was wearing the puffiest orange jacket I've ever seen in my life. He's got a... He's also like 5'5", five five, which makes him just adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give him a hug, man. Alright. Uh, do you want to move on to some news? Uh, sure. Um, I think the, the most major thing that we could talk about is the fact that uh, Ian Holm just died uh, of Alien, Alien uh, The Fifth Element, uh, The Hobbit. And Lord of the Rings, uh, fame. Uh, uh Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Best role. Uh, existence. Uh, existence. What is that? It's it's another um, fuck. What's his name? Uh, oh, Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Okay. I was oh. looking through. Oh, rip even rip rip even home. By the way. Um. Yeah, he is home. he is has unfortunately passed away. Is the news? But. Yeah. All right, now let's shit talk everything about him. So, um, I love this man. Don't you dare! Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. So, I'm looking through his filmography, right? Yeah. And apparently, Steven Sodenberg directed a movie about Kafka that 
has that stars Jeremy Irons as Kafka. Okay. And Ian Holmes in it. So All right. that's why before we started recording, I said I want to fucking kill myself. Oh. <laughs> because I hate Steven Sodenberg. I hate this concept, and I don't want Jeremy Irons to be Kafka. Anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> I like Jeremy Irons. I do, but I don't want him to be Kafka. Uh, let him, let him, just, just, just let him be. Um, I don't even think this is like a biopic. I think this is like some. Okay, this is the description. Kafka, an insurance worker, gets embroiled in an underground group after a coworker is murdered. The underground group is responsible for bombings all over town. This sounds like Brazil. Attempting to thwart a secret organization that controls the major events of society. What the Eventually fuck? penetrates the... What, what does this even mean? This is so fucking whack. What the fuck is happening? Ian Holm played fucking Joseph Goebbels. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a movie called Inside the Third Reich. That sounds amazing. Oh no. Okay, so this film is, like, super pretentious. It's supposed to fucking blur the lines between Kafka's, like, real life and his, um... Boo! And his books. Boo! Which is, like, the dumbest thing I've heard in my entire life. Oh, my God. Um... Can, can we, can we, can we just say it's illegal to make a Kafka adaptation after Orson Welles's? He made a <clears throat> Kafka adaptation? Yeah, he made the trial. Oh. Okay. Did not you know see that. Or, no, I don't think I did. No, 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 you didn't. Yeah, my bad. Um, it's really fucking good, dude. Um, I haven't actually, I haven't finished reading the trial, but um, from the other work that I've seen by Kafka, it's definitely like the most Kafka-esque thing in the film that I've seen. I really, really, really hmm. liked what he did with the with the book. Still, still waiting for a good adaptation of. Uh, uh... Fuck, why am I forgetting its name? It's his most famous book. The Trial? Not The Trial, it's the the <laughs> other one. The, the Man Becomes a Bug. Oh. Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, yeah. Okay. Well, it, sorry, it, it's a novella, which is why I was confused. I'm sorry. It's all good. Um, I don't think you can do that because... Well, first of all... Yeah, that is a common, is a so a common misconception about metamorphosis is that he turns into like an insect because the original american or um i believe american translation maybe just an english one i don't remember but the original translation into english um said that he turned into an insect but kafka in um the actual german text um made it ambiguous what he turned into hmm. although like this creature has like some insect like um, I think it's kind of fucked at this point because the metamorphosis is ubiquitous as that book about a man who turns into a bug. Oh yeah, so exactly. it's all kind of but fucked like, but now. I'm, but that's what I'm saying. You can't really do a proper adaptation of metamorphosis yeah. because, like, um, this is kind of a shitty analogy, but like, color out of space, right? Yeah. You don't know what the color is because it's a it's it's a book, right? Yeah. But in, but in the film, they just make it like purple. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's all of Lovecraft, right? Um, same thing for, 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 uh, metamorphosis. You, like, you don't really know what he looks like. And that's like what adds to the, uh, like the despair that he feels and just like the general oddness of the whole story. Yeah. Um, anyway, besides, I don't, I don't know if you can make a film out of that. It's not very yeah. long. I mean, you could make like a short film, I guess. 
Ian Hall. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna. Oh yeah, who's that? Um, <laughs> I think we, we started we, this we, conversation about Ian Home, and now we're we, we said we said we're gonna track. be we said we're gonna be ripping. So um, Ian Home. I will put. That, I will say this about Ian Home because uh, Alien is my favorite movie. Um, I think that his portrayal of Ash and the writing of Ash is, you know. I think it's one of my favorite characters in cinema because a lot of the newer Alien movies are now shit upon because, you know, Kruger is making a lot of very bad, shitty decisions. Because they're bad, the movies. This is uh, <laughs> an attack on me, and I don't like it. Uh, I do, I'm do. i a prequel apologist. I'm sorry. Um, but the brilliant thing about Ash in Alien is that all of the shitty decisions that everyone made can kind of be pinned on him, who's just a fucking corporate slave robot man. And it's That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's like any bad writing is just actually this was just the company. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't think I noticed that on my uh But I I, I never really had an issue with the uh like the stupid decision making or like the shitty crew or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, I know that some people have issues with that, but I don't know. I don't really care. I just, the reason why I don't like Prometheus is because I think it's a poorly made film. That's okay. I know. <laughs> no offense. I know. I do like, I do like Covenant though. I thought it was okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than maybe sticking your head in the egg, which was all on John Hurt, um... Well fucking funny that's that's one of the things i kind of get pissed off about when people talk about oh they didn't wear helmets in prometheus or alien covenant i'm like it just went through the fucking helmet in the first one like it wouldn't have mattered probably not but also they should have worn a helmet i guess wasn't there like a virus in covenant or whatever yeah it was it was they stepped on a fucking sack and like right weird... so if they wore a helmet they would have been fine uh what they have <laughs> uh, it probably would have just been like fucking uh went through the suit hey yeah probably i don't know isn't really scott like doing a new alien film or something he or is that just wants to do one last he wants why to. why just stop making movies you're terrible i'll i'll let him do this one last one because he Dude, planned really to do scott... three from the beginning okay 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 don't hear a cot take sure really scott's a terrible filmmaker mm. <laughs> i'm kidding no no do you want to hear my actual hot take sure Okay, so he's made two good movies. Alien and Blade Runner? Yes. You have no love for uh, The Martian? Okay. He's made two great movies. <laughs> the Martian is fun, I guess. Um, let, me, let me look at his filmography, see if I can't bring up some counterpoints. Uh, he made the 1984 Apple commercial. <laughs> Okay, that's probably better than most of his films. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that commercial is iconic. Touche. Um, what do you think of Gladiator? I've never seen Gladiator, so... It's fine. I guess. I heard Thelma and Luis was good, but I haven't seen that. Yeah. Everyone on Reddit talks about the Kingdom of Heaven director's cut, but I don't watch Reddit <laughs> movies anymore. No one's gonna fucking watch that ever. Yeah. Um. 
Okay. Atheist Ridley Scott. Are you really? Directs are you really saying that Exodus, one. Gods and Kings, isn't a good movie? I take it back. He's the greatest director of our generation. I Dude, saw I that fucking saw... in theaters. Okay. Do you want? Do you want to know what I saw in theaters? What? All the money in the world. Oh shit. Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what I fucking thought. Sorry. What were you saying before I fucking uh, okay, interrupted so I was reading... with Exodus? Okay, sorry. I was reading like a um, a crazy man's review of Kingdom of Heaven. Let me let me just read oh, this. No. Atheist Ridley Scott directs this revisionist historical piece that portrays Muslims as the victims of the Crusades. In truth, the Muslims of the day won every Crusade except the first, in which the Christians briefly prevailed. The third and the sixth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't All right, really guy. know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like Ridley Scott for the most part, though. Um, Ben's made two good films, and they were both, like, a million years ago. He's made two great films. He's made a handful of good films. His, dude, his second movie was Alien, and his third movie is Blade Runner. That's kind imagine of he's not going to lie. I, imagine if he retired then. He just He just said, <laughs> this is it. I've peaked. Yeah. I've I've peaked cinema, dude. What would what would have actually been? Because I feel like we do miss out on a lot of. I feel like Gladiator might have been the point to stop at. I mean. I anyway, I, I feel like I feel like point the is, world. I think that the world can survive without Gladiator. This is true. <laughs> Although I know people really, really like Gladiator. I mean, people really like other movies that are bad, like Titanic. <laughs> I say that never have seen Titanic. I want to rewatch it because I'm never gonna watch it. Okay. <laughs> it's three hours of a guy in a ship, dude. <laughs> that All right. So fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did I already know the fucking ending? What's the point? Joel Schumacher is dead. Ooh. <laughs> okay, no, okay, okay. Respect for the dead, right? Yeah. But has he ever made a good movie? <laughs> uh, I really like Falling Down. Oh, because you're white? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's just about, like, an angry white man, and it's just, like, it's just kind of fun to watch. White male rage. <laughs> Um, dude, shout out to Tony Scott who died. <laughs> he didn't just he die; he committed himself. suicide. Why? That was like ten years ago. Why do you say to shout out now? I don't know. I just saw I saw it on his Wikipedia page, on Ridley gotcha. Scott's Wikipedia page. So, okay, I was on Reddit, right? Which is a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, and when Joel Schumacher died, like half the fucking comments were, "All right, you know what, boys." Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, they're not actually that bad. That's what happens when people die. <laughs> um, you my start favorite, to my apologize. favorite. Oh, he made The Lost Boys. Uh, Joel Schumacher made Lost Boys. That's a good movie. I don't know what this is. Okay. Oh, shit. Uh, what's his name is in it? Kiefer, Metal Gear Kiefer Souther. Yeah. Um, uh, the, my, my favorite anecdote about. Joel Schumacher is that um, he said that he slept with like 20,000 people. He did. 
I believe him. <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's a big like, number. I mean, I, I just don't know why anyone would have fucked the guy who directed Batman and Robin. Who respect wouldn't? for the dead, by the way. Who respect, wouldn't? Respect for Joel Schumacher, he's dead. You respect him. I know. <laughs> he's a good man. I'm sure he was, but he didn't make good movies. He made two good movies. That I haven't seen. I've actually, I've seen zero movies directed, according to Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't really say shit about that. Anyway. <laughs> um, I know people like St. Elmo's Fire. It's one of those Brat Pack movies from the 80s. Not the 50s Brat, Brat Pack, Pack, the... Uh, the 80s oh. one it's it's all those like emilio estevez rob Lowe, uh you know demi moore judd nelson those guys it's it's a lot so of it's like shitty breakfast club it, no well it breakfast club is part of the brat pack movies gotcha. so it's like shitty breakfast club <laughs> i'm saying it is <laughs> breakfast club is one of those gotcha so it's like shitty fuck breakfast. you <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that Emilio Estevez was in Badlands. Hmm. Oh, he directed uh, two episodes of House of Cards. That was the final thing he directed. Schumacher? Yeah. Hmm. Like, do you know which season? Um. Let me see. Season was it the good the the good season? Good the season? One. There's only one? <laughs> no, I was kidding. The, the, the best season is the final one, as everyone knows. Uh, doesn't fucking say which one he directed. Dude, I was like the biggest fucking House of Cards fan. I didn't even fucking bother with the last season. <laughs> I've heard the, the final episode of that season is like the worst thing ever. I wouldn't be surprised. House of Cards. Bring back Kevin Spacey. He did nothing wrong. Uh, the fifth episode. That's a joke, by the way. I don't support Kevin Spacey. Yes. I do support his YouTube channel, though. I su yeah, I support his fucking YouTube channel, <laughs> where he just fucking rambles every, like, year and a half. His YouTube channel is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. <laughs> it's just like, I did nothing wrong. I'm still my character. The fucking strangest thing I've seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's fucking strange, weird man. it's so weird that like he like does all the videos in the fucking like frank underwood accent i know and he pretends he's not a fucking like <laughs> sex criminal <laughs> it's just <laughs> there's so no explanation weird. it's just <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's wearing the stupid fucking holiday sweater and he's like making a turkey it's just like <laughs> Dude, he looks like he aged like fifty years. I know. Like three. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking stupid. Dude, how much money does he even have left anyway? Probably like a good amount because of House of Cards, right? Probably. Um. Like, how much can he fucking like afford to surround himself with yes men before he fucking runs out of money and becomes homeless? <laughs> What's his? Uh, let me see. Kevin Spacey net worth. <laughs> probably really inaccurate yeah because like he hasn't done anything for the last three years so uh it's it says a hundred million jesus when was that 
this was reported 2019. Damn. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but I didn't know that he was that successful. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, he was he was fucking huge yeah. like, before he got canceled. Like he was in fucking Call of Duty. He's in House of Cards. He was like everywhere, man. Hmm. He was in um. Oh yeah, he was a fucking Call of Duty villain. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Um. Baby Driver just got better because um, what's his name is also a fucking sex criminal. Oh. Uh... Who, who else was just... Fucking uh, Ansel Elgort or whatever. Really? Oh, you didn't hear about this? No. Oh, yeah. So he got accused of um, sexual harassment or, oh, no. or something of, like, an underage girl. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so someone on um, Movie Circle Jerk made, a, like, an updated poster of uh, of uh, uh, Baby Driver with, like, everyone in a room besides Lily James. <laughs> What did John Bernthal do? I don't know. I think it was just a joke. Uh, but <laughs> Jamie yeah, Foxx. Uh, Jamie Foxx was yeah. removed for being fucking Electro in Spider-Man 2. Yes. God damn it. Yeah, I think the, the Ansel Elgort stuff went kind of under the radar from what I imagine. Yeah, well, I mean, the same thing happened with Ezra Miller. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he, like, did he, like, choke someone? He, like, choked a fan who was, like, uh, let's pretend to, to fight. And he, he I yeah. guess he was just, like, fucking blasted, so he just did it for real. Yeah. But, like, nothing ever came of it because it was, like, during something else. So everybody dude, just kind dude, of forgot about it. Dude, all right. Sorry to change the subjects, but, like, I just love it to Ansel Elgort's fucking um, Wikipedia page. And under philanthropy, the fir- <laughs> the first fucking thing is... In April 2020, Elgort posted a nude photo of himself on social media as part of a fundraising effort <laughs> to feed those affected by COVID-19. What the fuck? Dude, imagine I think I saw that this man photo. naked. Did you? I think. Why? Because I follow him on Instagram. Oh my god. Is it illegal to post nudes on Instagram? Like, I mean, it wasn't a nude. He, he had his dick covered. Oh, uh, that's lame. Hey guys. Oh for, my god, for, his first move was fucking carry. I haven't seen it. Uh, no, the the fucking remake of Carrie. I figured he wasn't in the original. Yes. <laughs> I don't think he was. <laughs> um, I don't know why the fuck uh, I corrected myself on that one. <laughs> oh no, he's in Spielberg's West Side Story. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, dude, Spielberg is fucking Spielberg right is now. Dead. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Dude. Oh no! Okay, so you so you know how like for like um... so you're gonna have to CGI someone else's face on him. <laughs> Deep fake fucking like um fucking Gosling. Uh, I don't know. No fucking uh who, who Timothy Chalamet. No, Taron Egerton. Oh, true. Yeah, they both have stupid ass names and they're both young and British and British. Oh god, dude, this is gonna be so fucking funny. Oh my Holy god. Shit. Um, he wanted to win Oscars with this shit. He's not gonna win shit. Oh my god, this Steven is Steven Spielberg so good. hasn't made a good movie since I don't know, fucking last year. Saving City. Private Ryan. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. 
that's I didn't that's hear about so this at all. Funny. So this is so you know. So remember how in um all the money in the world they fucking like cut all the Kevin Spacey scenes out. Yeah, and, and they, they replaced, replaced it with. Uh, so yeah, yeah the reason Palmer. the reason why that worked is because like he's only in that, like eight minutes of the movie. Right, like that character is only yeah. like in like a single room. He's so, the like, fucking main character of West Side Story. Dude, this is going to be fucking amazing. Oh, oh no. my god. But it might be, um, you know, we might be right that it's another fucking Ezra Miller situation where that just goes under the radar and not I a think lot of it people is, hear about it. Because, like, it didn't, I don't think it hit mainstream news outlets. Yeah. Um, and also, I believe that... It was only one accusation that was confirmed. Well, like, Timothy Chalamet signed up for a, a Woody Allen movie, then he's like, I've never seen this man before in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> for sure, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, it's like this fucking, um... We're shitting on interviews? Young Hollywood because we didn't get into <laughs> Young Hollywood. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm so jealous that I'm not a fucking sex criminal. Um, <laughs> That's not what I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Have you seen those 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 interviews with uh, Prince Andrew about Epstein? Oh my fucking god! They're so fucking. There's good. one fucking Donald <laughs> Trump interview where he's he he literally says like, "Oh yeah, Jeff likes him even younger than I do." <laughs> I'm like, okay. I think you just outed yourself. <laughs> That's. I mean, I'd be fucking surprised if Trump hasn't had sex with an underage girl. With his daughter, no less. Yikes! All right, this this is getting a bit spicy. Mm-hmm. Hot takes, hot, hot, hot liberal takes. Liberal takes, Lib, yeah. Libtard, yeah. Anyway. God, I... Look, I'll be honest. I don't know if he's a sex criminal or not. Ansel Elgort. Yeah. But I hate his name and I hate his stupid face. Yeah. And I hate Baby Driver. Yeah. So... I really didn't that's my like contribution. Baby Driver. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's definitely my least favorite... What's his name? Movie. Edgar. Edgar wrong. Edgar wrong. Edgar went wrong with that film. Fucking got him. <laughs> Dude, poor fucking Edgar Wright. <laughs> the two fucking stars of this movie are fucking. Oh pedophiles. my fucking god! No, dude. <laughs> Taron Egerton's definitely gonna be outed as a fucking sex criminal because of fucking Why? billionaire boys club. Oh, true. They were all in it. <laughs> They were all in it. Oh, oh shit, you're Kevin right. Kevin Spacey Fuck. is in that movie. Right. Ansel Edgert, Taron Egerton. Oh, dude, I love the fucking poster on Wikipedia for it. Oh, my God. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Dude, it's so fucking good. Kevin Spacey's not in the poster. <laughs> He's not even, like, named I love, on the poster either. What's the fucking... There's a, there's a fucking box office thing. Yeah. Fucking weekend total gross ended up at $618. Dude, I could use $618. They should have just given me the money instead. Jesus. 7% approval rating. Box office, $2.7 I mean, that's that's much more than I thought it would be. Yeah. On a budget of 15 though. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like you said, then, then you look for, at being a, in, for being a movie with Kevin Spacey in it, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, if you look at fucking, like, um, Synecdoche, New York's fucking gross. Yeah. Well, I, I've I've been talking to my dad about this recently because he's like obsessed with box office numbers whenever I talk about films, and he's That's like, weird. "Yeah, most of these money, most of these movies don't make their money back," and he's like surprised to hear that. Yeah, I mean, unless you're a fucking like, 
Triple H. Unless you're Adam Sandler. Unless you're Adam Sandler and you fucking funnel your money as like a scam. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking make your budget like a hundred million dollars and you like give half of it to like your friends. Yeah. You make the the movie for like two (laughs) dollars. Yeah, so like look at like fucking like fucking poor Charlie Kaufman and the fact that his movies make no goddamn money. Yeah. So I think New York's budget was okay. First of all, who the fuck would give Charlie Kaufman twenty million dollars? Like, how fucking stupid do you have to be? Um, what? And second of all, the the he, he made four point six million off of it. Jesus Christ! And let's look at anomalies. So, all right, budget eight million, box office five point seven. Dude, no one Sorry. fucking sees his movies. Yeah, because they're all terrible. I'm oh kidding. Um, no, because. He's like a fucking insane man, and like no one. Oh, he actually directed Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Oh, he directed three first... movies. I didn't even realize. Uh, I think he's only directed two. Three. He he co-directed Anomalisa, and then oh well, I'm thinking of ending things isn't out yet, but. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Also, he um. Jesus Christ! Chaos Walking's never going to come out. What is Chaos Walking? Um, it's a young adult adaptation by Charlie Kaufman. This film stars Tom Holland, Daisy, Daisy Ridley, Ridley and Mads, Mads Mikkelsen, Nick Jonas. This movie's never coming out. Fucking David yep, Oyelowo. Right. No, dude, oh, like, dude. actually, this movie was supposed to come out in, like, 2018 or something. Dude, release date January 22nd, 2020. Yikes. If this movie gets released in January, it's gonna be a big yikes. Oh my god um apparently they like just the reason it's not out is that like they couldn't do reshoots hmm. because both of them were really busy with spider-man and star wars mads mickelson too yes I was busy with a uh, death stranding <laughs> <laughs> kojima has him fucking locked up in a cell <laughs> oh you'll oh, do the uh, mocap funny anecdote um when i was at comic-con uh, Kojima admitted the only reason why he wanted to meet with Refn was so that he could meet Matt Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no. Does he speak yeah. English? Or... No, 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 no. So they have to use like a translator, yeah, translator? whatever they, okay. they talk to each other, yeah. That's so fucking funny. Um, Kaufman also released a book recently, a novel, I believe. Yeah, is it out yet? Novel. Or is, is it like it a few days in... com- from coming out? I think it comes out in a few days. Yeah. But, uh, I, I saw the I saw the opening. I saw the the fucking Christopher Ant-Kind. Nolan bit. Wait, what? Oh, you didn't see that? I thought that was what you were going to be talking about. No. He he has a bit it. that's like dissing on Christopher Nolan. Oh hell yeah, dude! Okay, I'm buying this book right now. <laughs> he he compares it to Starbucks. It's a smart coffee for dumb people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fucking legend. <laughs> The funny thing he is, though, the funny... him directly, which is the best part. Okay, the funny thing is, though, Charlie Kaufman is, like, one step above Nolan. I know. For, like, Cinebros who think they're smart. Yeah. Let me see if I can f- find that again. I feel like I feel like he has like the biggest ego in the world. I don't know shit about Charlie Kaufman. He might be like, the nicest person ever, but just based on the stuff like that I've is. seen, I don't know. I kind of want to punch him in the face, you know. <laughs> Feelings mutual. Yeah. 
Oh man. Anyway, um, what have uh, since since we're just we, we've reached an hour. We've reached far past an hour at this point. So do you uh, want to talk about you know what you've been watching? Sure. Um, yeah, I don't think I've seen too much recently. I watched um, Couple Ben Wells because they were leaving the Criterion Channel. Cool. So um, Lage Door, which was kind of bad, <laughs> and then. Um, that obscure object of desire, which I really liked. Yeah, I th uh, that's considered his best on Letterbox, right? Yeah, I don't think so, but it's really good. Um, I watched Fantastic Planet when I was like stoned. The only one that I've ever and... seen was um, uh, the the dinner party one where they're all locked in. The exterminating angel. Yeah, I like that movie. I, I'm a um, I liked it too, but I definitely think that my favorite is uh, the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. That one was really funny. I do funny. need to see that. Um, and um, that obscure object of desire is a pretty close second yeah. too. But I haven't seen too many of his films. I want to yeah. do a deep dive into his filmography soon. But also, there's like too much. There's also like you can you can definitely do too much. Meanwhile, yeah. Um. Uh, so I also I... saw. I also saw um, Fantastic Planet. Yeah. Uh, while stoned, which was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd like assume that, that'd be a more. fun experience. That was pretty fun. How about you? It's all wacky. Um, I rewatched Watchmen. Why? Uh, because I like it, and I wanted to show my parents. My mom was really into it. The film or the uh, show? The show. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I didn't mind watching it again because I liked it. I know you don't really like it, but hey, the first three episodes are fucking amazing. Everything after that makes you want to fucking shoot Damon Lindelof in the head. Wow. In game, in game, by the um, way. In game. Uh, I also finished watching Community. <laughs> Six seasons later, um, I really liked it. You know, it's just um. Who's who's in that again? Joel McHale, uh, Allison Brie, Ken Jeong. Oh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover's okay, yeah. in it. Donald was in it. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's just kind of like it's it was fun to get my mind off of you know, COVID and all that, all the troubles the world is facing right now. Just mm. something easy to watch. Um. Oh, I saw Dracula in theaters. Um. That was fun. I so went... your theaters are open? Some of them are. Uh, the uh, the kind of art house theater that's close to me uh, opened, and they did um, a Hitchcock week, a John Hughes week, and then a Universal Monsters week. So I went to go see right. Dracula. I don't want to go to a movie theater, but I also really want to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the way they seat everybody is not in, like, traditional rows. It's one of those, you know, like, restaurant movie theaters okay so it's you are pretty far away from the other people like i think they took out seats and made sure you were six feet apart hmm. so it was it was a good experience uh dracula's is quaint i <laughs> it's it's just kind of silly when you watch it today and that's kind of what i liked about it hmm. um what else did I... Oh, I, I watched uh, Legalize Everything. Oh, yeah. The uh, Eric yeah, Andre that was, thing. That was good. That was uh, I liked it, yeah. funny, fun I think, time. 
I saw a lot of criticism about it, saying that like it's just him talking about drugs for like an hour, which is true. I mean, I don't really know what else you expect from Eric Andre. <laughs> I I do definitely feel like it felt a little bit, I don't know, neutered because of the fact that like everyone knows who he is, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I feel like his. Actual, I feel like, like yeah, the audience comedy, wasn't really into it. No, no, the the audience was into it. They were into the it a bit, they, but like, but I, they, they they know his shtick, yeah. you know, so he can't like really surprise them. Yeah, but I mean, I think, the, I think when the main, he brought the main out problem the two is, fucking grandparents. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, but I think I don't know. I feel like his actual like material in terms of like comedic, I don't know, bits was yeah. kind of mediocre, but. I just like Eric Andre as a personality so much, which is why I had a great time. I was time. a bit high when I watched it, so it was just going for it. Gotcha. It was I'm excited for funny. Uh, Eric Andre's show season five confirmed for 2020. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, they confirmed it's 2020? The old, that's what he said on his Twitter like a few so... days ago. Uh, I just... I, I can't put my hope in anything coming out in 2020 anymore. Oh, definitely not. But I, I, that probably means... I mean, if they're confident that it's coming out in 2020, that probably means that it's, like, all filmed already. Yeah. Unless anyway. they, go, like, go into New York with, like, a mask on to do the rest. <laughs> so stupid. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I mentioned that I was visiting theme parks to you. Um... That was kind of at the beginning of June, and I just kind of stayed quiet about it because I didn't know what the reaction would be. Um, the reaction? Yeah, just just from you. I didn't want to be yelled at by anyone because I know it's like kind of a shitty idea right now. Um, mm. But it was it was fun when I did go. Uh, the I the reason I'm bringing this up is that they uh, Universal just. Uh, but it, they just opened a new stunt show, which is the Bourne Stunt-tacular, and everyone is wearing masks in the show. Okay. Like, face masks, and I just, like... <laughs> it, it's just kind of funny to see, because it's just like, why are you doing this? Okay, so first of all, I don't remember a single stunt in any of the Bourne movies. And that was it. Yep. Okay. Also, you're an idiot for going to theme parks. But anyway. Um, I know. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, been, it's been two weeks, and I, I feel safe. So. Sick. Anyway. Um, okay. Um, I've been reading um, this collection of short stories by William Faulkner. Faulkner. Actually, I read. Yes. Actually, I did read Barn Burning, Ooh. which is nothing like Burning, the film. <laughs> Because I think I think it's more inspired by the Murakami story, which is inspired by the Faulkner story. Yeah. But it's really it's really good. Yeah. I really really liked it. It's um, I really really enjoyed the small amount of Faulkner that I've read. There's that's cool. So much going on in in the background and with the implications. But I, I definitely need to read more. What do you mean in the background? And it's a book. It all has to be right there. You're right. Nothing is in between the lines. Everything is literal. That's why cinema is the ultimate art form. Because yes. you see everything in front of you, man. All right, anyway. Yes. Um, so, and, I, and I'm still reading Notes from the Underground because I'm not a slow reader. I'm just very lazy. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, notes from the underground. That's um, who wrote that? Dostoevsky. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, and I was gonna be like, you know, it's a fucking Dostoevsky book, so you kind of have to take it slow because it's like. Also, it's he's a very really meticulous fucking... writer. Yeah, but also like it's just really fucking annoying. Yeah, how it's written. So, do you know anything about it? Um, a little bit. Okay, so so basically. The entire, like, okay, so the first half of the book, or, like, first third-ish, is literally the main character just ranting about bullshit. <laughs> like, just just complete bullshit. <laughs> it's it just completely, like, stream of consciousness. And it's credited as being as one of the first works of, um... Ah, fuck. Oh, existentialism. Hmm. Uh, but then the second half of the book actually has, like, a narrative kind of but it's also still him like ranting about bullshit and he's like really annoying and dumb which is like the point so like just like he like definitely is intentionally trying to make this character like annoying and stupid and dumb yeah and definitely wants me to hate him but also like fuck him for doing that and I have to read this fucking bullshit um but it's pretty good <laughs> um i haven't been reading much cuz i it takes a lot of time to watch that much of community so bruh yeah <laughs> um i need i need to find a show now that i finished um the wire nothing 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 will come close just watch one of the I'll... other fucking hbo alumni shows i don't want to watch deadwood but i think i'm done with westerns for a while aren't you taking a western class next next uh no oh it's like one in uh my oh yeah 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 junior year yeah that's what i was thinking about yeah yeah um <laughs> but i should probably continue reading american psycho mm. my backlog of books is so fucking thick because i went to the um used bookstore a couple days ago i got this nice. uh for they, they did this cool like hardback of like four screenplays by bergman hmm. um cool. and i got uh james joyce uh portrait of an artist as a young man i got a couple faulkner and then i got another dostoevsky so nice. my fucking backlog is just ridiculous at this point nice um yeah all right well uh i'm ready to be uh done if you are <laughs> I think we should record another hour. Yes. Just stream of consciousness. <laughs> um, in, in honor of James Joyce and Dostoevsky. And Joel Schumacher. Who's that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking stupid. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, thank you all for tuning in and listening to our bullshit. Um, uh, we love you. Thanks for staying with us, even though there's no one listening to this right now. Goodbye. <laughs> Eventually there will be. Goodbye. Uh-huh.